a very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast with your host, Paul Lowe. Paul offers wisdom, insights and tips for living a healthy, meaningful, purposeful life. On the back of overcoming extreme adversity, Paul has a proven track record of achieving life-enhancing results. He offers empowering advice and guidance to help people develop a mindset for success so that they can live with more happiness and prosperity. Through his Mastering the Game of Life podcast and books, Paul also helps people to get their own inspirational messages and powerful stories out into the world, as well as being involved in supporting many charitable organisations in their development, fundraising and projects. Hello listeners and a very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Today in this episode we're joined by Kelly Branley. Kelly is a dating and relationship coach and executive matchmaker. Kelly, a very, very warm welcome to you as ever. Thanks so much, Paul. Great to be here with you. So we've been doing this mini-series, haven't we, around the 10 disciplines of love. And in this sixth one, we're going to be talking about daily intimacy. Yes, a very exciting topic. And I'm sure many of your listeners are excited to get into the topic of sex which I'm sure we will at some point, but uh, let's just uh, start off with um, perhaps clarifying what at least I mean when I talk about daily intimacy. And uh, I don't know where I heard this. I think I might've read it or maybe I heard it on a podcast, but I love this. And I think this is so important is um, the word intimacy. If you think about it as meaning into me, you see, (laughs) <laughs> so intimacy on a daily basis is really getting inside the person you're in relationship with and getting to know them at their deepest core. We spoke, Kelly, on a previous, on many previous episodes around the, what I refer to as the SEMP acronym, the spiritual, the emotional, the mental and the physical. Is it the, the most intimate aspect we can uh, if we look at that as a hierarchy the most intimate aspect we can experience kelly is the spiritual or does it not work that way i i do see it as that hierarchy yeah we have discussed this on on many levels in terms of um progressing up that sort of hierarchy and definitely the spiritual is at the top and if you can get to know your partner on such a deep intimate level that's sort of beyond comprehension you're fully in your heart space and uh you know it's such an uh, interesting point you know I, i mentioned and alluded to the sex topic and that's part of what can bring people together um on this spiritual level is that connection um through sexual intimacy brings you into a space that has nothing to do with what's going on consciously within your mind but it's purely an experience it's full of emotion it's full of an understanding of each other that you can't describe and and i would say that's what you're referring to on that spiritual level Mm, that beyond yeah because the sexual part i mean as you know i always personally liken that as, as the icing on the cake if the substance below that isn't solid uh isn't good and whatever good is i mean that's a very subjective term but isn't solid and you know a real foundation than the sex it kind of comes and goes doesn't it or does it well the way i see sex is sex is something i mean it's a physical act and you can easily have sex with 
many, many people if that's something you choose to do. But there's something that is so incredibly different and intimate about having sex with a partner who you have such a deep connection and understanding with. And you can experience what we call, you know, that bliss level and that spiritual level sexually with somebody who you're connected to on that level, which you'll never experience um, just by having that pure act of sexual interaction with somebody. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, Mm. Kelly. And I kind of flip that on its head a little bit and say, okay, so you've got this really deep connection. Is that as powerful as what it, it would be if the sexual element wasn't there, you know, you, you know, kind of just flipping that on its head, really. I mean, is sex the icing on the cake, as I've tried to refer to it? I think both elements are absolutely key to a fulfilling relationship. I think if you have purely just a deep connection, but you don't have that physical intimacy, then what differentiates that between a friendship? And if you have just the sex, but you lack the deep intimacy and that emotional connection, then it's just a physical act. So in my mind, the most fulfilling, complete relationships include both aspects. And that's why today's topic on daily intimacy refers to both of those and how important it is to have both elements in your relationship on a daily basis. And we'll come back to what I mean about, you know, the physical aspect daily. Mm. Um, but referring to the emotional, I want to first uh, give listeners sort of a tool that um, I came across when I was doing my studies. And this, those who've listened to me for a while know I studied initially with uh, Dr. Terry Orbuck out of um, the U.S. And she's run a long-term study on relationships. It was called the Early Years of Marriage Study when she started it because they were going to follow couples um, who had recently married for the first few years. And it turned out to be a 30-year-plus study. It's still ongoing. And in her study, she looks at what makes for long-standing, happy, fulfilling relationships. And one of the things that came out of that study was how important it is to connect intimately with your partner on an emotional level every single day. And so she developed something she calls the 10-minute rule. And I recommend this to all my couples, which is basically every day that you set aside 10 minutes and you can talk about anything with your partner except, and here's the exceptions, kids, work, and household tasks. And the goal of these 10 minutes is really to get to know your partner um, every day a little bit deeper and to know something Uh, you know, a thought they had or something they experienced that you wouldn't otherwise um, come across if you didn't make time in your day to do this. And so I absolutely love this, this 10 minute rule. And I encourage everybody in your relationships to do this. And when I tell couples, I always find it interesting, you can tell the state of a relationship by their response or, you know, couples that are are really struggling will go, Oh my gosh, 10 minutes, what are we going to talk about? And couples who are actually looking to improve their relationship will go, only 10 minutes? Like, we have to stop after 10 minutes? We could talk for hours. Mm. And I think, yeah, try this at home. Try this with your spouse and see, you know, what their reaction is. But definitely invest that time. Yeah, that you know, that's so simple, isn't it? And I suppose when you hear things like that, Kelly, 
I'm almost tempted to say so obvious, but, you know, the game of life that we play, the rules are very simple, but we just get so wrapped up in every day. Like you say, kids, work, household tasks, etc., etc. You know, the, the nitty gritty, as I call it, of everyday life. And that really does take us away from that qualitative side of, of, of enjoying that, um, that relationship, does it not? It does, and we we get into what we call a relationship rut if we're not consciously doing these things. And what what is a relationship rut? Well, sort of generally speaking, it's when you get to the point where you kind of forgot why you're with that person or why you you married them. And things that can happen when your relationship's in a rut is you find yourself living parallel lives. So you may still both be going towards the same goal may still have the same ambitions in life, but you're doing it on two parallel tracks. And there's very little um, touch points where, you know, your lives are intersecting as you go along that path. And the 10 minute rule ensures that every day you're getting a 10 minute touch point. Um, The other thing that happens is you end up getting off balance between the rational, the requirements of daily life, as you said, and the fun part. So you get overwhelmed with all these to-do lists and responsibilities and the children and work. And you forget that being a couple is about creating those moments of fun and enjoyment and growth and understanding. And then the third one that happens in this relationship, right, is you just start to take each other for granted. And you forget that, you know, you're partner walking by you or you're sitting at the table and just giving your shoulders a quick massage or something isn't a given because you're in a relationship in a marriage but actually taking that moment to just appreciate how kind and generous that is even if it's just you know one or two minutes but appreciating your partner for who they are and what they contribute to your life they're all important for keeping a happy relationship alive I can see how all three are important, Kelly. For me personally, the one, um, you know, in a general sense, and particularly in this this intimate context, that is a is a sadly forgotten word. Is that f word, isn't it? Fun. It's like it's mm-hmm. almost become a dirty word. It's it's certainly become a forgotten word from from my experience of speaking to countless people. It's like fun. Oh, we ain't got time for fun, Paul. We've we've got a mortgage to pay and six. You know, six cats and 15 dogs to feed and, you know, and the list goes on. And Oh, we haven't got time for that nonsense. <laughs> I've heard it referred to on more than one occasion as, as nonsense. I mean, how can fun be nonsense? No, I mean, that should be really at the heart. And, and part of this, this discipline is understanding that, you know, what we've talked about in the first six disciplines really goes into this concept of having a heartfelt understanding of your partner it's about learning to give learning to trust but to take your relationship to the next level is you really need to go and step up and incorporate play and fun in your relationship if you've lost that Mm. I mean that's absolutely crucial to fulfillment and enjoyment in any aspect of life and why, for some reason, we, we tend to forget that as we spend years with the same person um, is beyond me. But I encourage everybody, bring that element back into your you know, day-to-day life, into the bedroom, into the activities you plan. Think of ways that you can 
incorporate fun back in. Mm. And what Kelly's talking about there, listeners, is something that I personally refer to. And I, I even give it a light-hearted name so it conjures up that sort of, you know, that positive warmth inside me. And I call what, what Kelly's talking about, kiss the sun and touch the moon. You know, it's, mm. it's crazy. Just come up with something crazy, some wording, some fun, flirtatious language that, you know, to attribute to it. And it just, as I say, just reinforces that, that zaniness, that... I don't particularly like this term, but this out-the-box way of being. Um, and, that, and you know, I think the world needs more of that generally, Kelly, as well as, you know, in this context of intimacy as well. Yeah, I, I love, you know, you use the word flirt a lot. And flirting is something that should always be part of a relationship, whether you've been together for two months, two years, or 20 years, is don't stop flirting with your partner. And yeah, getting out of the box a lot of what happens in relationships that brings people into this rut is the predictability of knowing what's going to happen, how your partner's going to react or, you know, your daily plan of, you know, we get up, we have breakfast, we go to work, we come home, I cook dinner, he puts on his uh, tracksuit and sits in front of the TV and I go read a book. If that happens day after day, the predictability puts you in this rut. So you need to break out of that and call nurture the spark again. And you do that by creating unpredictability. I'm going to touch on the six human needs, uncertainty <laughs> in your relationship by doing something unexpected. It's so easy to rekindle passion and excitement and playfulness in a relationship just by doing something unexpected. It brings in as well, Kelly, doesn't it? This whole, and we haven't really deep dived too much on this in our conversations in general. I mean, we have we have touched upon it um, two or three times, but you know, I mean, certainly with the six human needs, I think it's fair to say that invariably we uh, we flirt with that more more often than not on every one of our conversations, uh, both per, you know professionally and privately. But the one thing that um, that's coming to my mind here, talking about this daily intimacy. Is, is beliefs. So what about if we had a belief, listeners, that we were some kind of... Uh, I'm going to leave it to your imagination to see what label you want to stick on yourself. Some kind of sex god, sex goddess, whatever these labels are, this playfulness. And, you know, to bring that into the relationship and that belief that actually that's who I am, that's part of who I am. And, you know, to exchange that and to invite your partner in to say, OK, so this is who I believe I am. Who do you believe you are? You know, this whole playfulness, as I keep saying, this fun, this missing fun. Any thoughts around that, Kelly, the beliefs, the power of beliefs on daily intimacy? Yeah, well, certainly positive or negative. I mean, if you believe you're a sex god and you act like a sex god, then I'm sure you've got a lot of fun and excitement going on. If you believe the opposite and you act in that way, it's very difficult um, for some people to get over. It's the fear of being judged for having certain thoughts or certain desires or interests that people fear. And so they don't take action. And I have a little role play that I use with couples when we're, we're looking at ways to recreate um, fun and intimacy. And I, I'll get them um, 
to write out sort of a role play of like a fantasy. And oftentimes it starts out being, you know, quite sort of PG rated, but in time they learn to be more creative with this. Um, but just to write out, you know, if you could live a fantasy out with your partner, what would that be? And, you know, you can describe things like um, wearing costumes or in a certain place you would love to be, or maybe you'd like to be intimate in, you know, in the forest or whatever, but just let your imagination run wild and write it out as a role play. And then the point is not to actually um, live it out in that moment, but to talk about it. And this is something that I see so many couples don't do is to talk about their sex life openly with each other. And again, it's that fear of judgment that often stops them. But when you start to talk and you start to see what the other person is capable of in terms of their creativity, their ideas, their desires, that creates an intimacy between you. And then the next step is going on to actually then starting to live out some of those ideas together. But first, it's about learning to talk with each other. That um, I, I was smiling there. There was a, a number of things that went through my mind there. One of the things, and I think humor's massive in this intimacy as well, isn't it? Mm, definitely, definitely. So, yeah. You know, so in a former life, and, and this is me being uh, really vulnerable and sharing something of a very intimate nature now. Um, in a former life, many moons ago, I was asked by my um, my then partner, you know, what is the ultimate fancy? fantasy sorry the ultimate fantasy and as was my way with my dry sense of humor in those days and I don't think it's changed much <laughs> um my favorite football team is Nottingham Forest and I said you know and she said what's your thoughts around what she termed termed naughty videos and so I said okay we can combine the two you can wear a forest shirt and we can replay the 1990 League Cup final when Forrest got beat because that was a really naughty video. And that really appealed. I mean, you know, the, the kind of, I suppose, the uh, sexual intimacy of that was zero. But the humour, I mean, we just laughed for what seemed the whole afternoon on the strength of just being creative and, and silly and, and stupid, really, as, as most people might say. But, you know, it just injected that warmth and that vibrancy and that whole positivity mm. into the, you know, into the emotion and the connection between us. Yeah, that, that humour and that element of fun and laughter creates a, f a flood of different emotions in your body which fuels creativity, which fuels your comfort to discuss things that are perhaps a little bit uncomfortable at other times. But when you're laughing about it and you're making um, fun of a situation, you both relax into it and can enjoy it much more. Mm. And uh, you mentioned the word naughtiness or naughty. And I wanted to just touch on that because part of playing is being able to use different emotions to your advantage. And a lot of the deep connectedness within a relationship comes from what we term light emotions. So these are emotions around loyalty, contribution, devotion, etc. When we talk about daily intimacy, I want you people to start to think about the sort of darker emotions, the ones which we kind of tend to push away which relate to things like naughtiness, um, even possessiveness. We'll talk next um, 
podcast about um, polarity between masculine and feminine energy. And there's a role that possessiveness plays in the different energies. Um, lust, you know, these emotions are what create that, that fun element when you start to integrate those into your interactions. Also, when you were speaking, Kelly, my mind went back to, uh, isn't it amazing how we, we store certain things that at the time seem totally meaningless, irrelevant, and, and, and don't even understand it. But there was a wise old sage many, many, many moons ago, decades ago, said to me, and I've never forgot it. I didn't understand it at the time, but it stuck with me. And he said, do you know, lad, there's three phases to life. Anticipation, participation, and reflection. That's it. I mean, it's interesting, Kelly, that in all the mm. sort of the journey I've been on uh, in personal development, as I know you have, I've never really come across it. Um, certainly, we're in those three labels. But he went on to say, he said to me, which one do you think is the most important out of those three? And in those days, I mean, I don't know, I was 18, 19, 20, thought I knew everything. And, and knew absolutely nothing. Um, some people would say, well, things haven't changed much, Paul, have they? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but he, yeah, he said, which one? And in the end, he told me. So it kind of tied into, Kelly, what you were speaking about there. His way of thinking, the anticipation was the far more crucial aspect of all three. Mm. Um, you know, I, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, especially when it comes to to sexual intimacy, creating anticipation is fantastic. And it's so easy to do. I mean, it can be, you know, a simple text message sent to your partner at work, um, you know, just saying, I can't wait for you to get home this evening. Um, just wait till you find out what I have planned for you. Starts the mind working, this anticipation, and it can occupy um, you know, then the rest of the afternoon waiting um, to get home. And I think those little things are what creates that spark and that energy and passion. And we shouldn't let those things die with time. Mm. So I'm taking it then, Kelly, from everything we've spoke about, um, you know, a flirtatious, inviting message like that. The trick is then not to leave a, um, a sink full of pots. That, that's not the surprise, is it? You're not alluding to that, are you? Sorry, say that again, Paul. So when, when you, you know, you send your partner a, a kind of inviting message about wait till you get home, I've got something waiting for you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, this is this is a futile attempt at humour again. But um, I suppose the trick is then to make sure that's not a sink full of pots. You've left a sink full of dirty pots. No? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> we, we could go down that path. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're all broad-minded, you know, whatever exactly. works, whatever works. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, it's as much as the imagination um, can take you what's, what's possible. But I think when we're talking here about daily intimacy, there's sort of foundational elements that a lot of the couples that I've worked with who are struggling, um, you know, to get, that level of intimacy where they feel that passion again, they're missing. And one, one sort of often overlooked aspect within a relationship that I find a lot of people miss is the kiss. Mm. And I believe kissing, I mean, kissing is an incredibly intimate act. 
And a lot of people over time turn their passionate kiss into a, you know, millisecond peck. Sometimes it's not even on the lips, it's just on the cheek. Um, but learning to, to actually kiss again can be the start of, you know, um, a path towards deeper sexual intimacy. And I always say a kiss should last six seconds. And for most people, that's probably way longer than they've kissed their partner in many, many years. But try that. Simply give your partner a passionate kiss that lasts six seconds and see what happens. And I think it's worth saying, listeners, on what Kelly's just said there, and this, and this is a warning here, this is another attempt at humour, um, that while you're doing that intimate act, don't be looking at your stopwatch to time it either. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you can go over. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So nurturing that spark, Kelly, that feisty, flirty, playful ways to break open a heart imprisoned by fear. Because we haven't mentioned that word fear, have we? Yeah, I mean, that's that's so much. And when you're with somebody over the years, you become much more sensitive to your partner's judgment than you might be to a stranger's judgment. And that's where people believe that actually, you know, being intimate with somebody they don't know can be much more passionate and, and in their thought intimate because they're not being judged. But often it comes from our own fear of judging ourselves much more than our partner's judgment of us because we're, you know, naughtier than they thought we were or whatever. And so it's about reflecting internally, where are my fears coming up and where am I stopping myself from living out fully my playfulness, my passion, my feistiness. Mm. And I think if you reflect internally, you'll start to recognize that it's so much more your own mindset that can hold you back rather than you know, comments or something that um, your partner may have had. I think I've had such positive feedback from couples that I've worked with who have pushed themselves beyond their comfort zone in this area of playfulness and had such fantastic positive response from their partner. And they thought, oh my gosh, all these years, I thought, you know, he never would have um, liked me to do this act or she would have thought I was, you know, sex crazed if I ever brought this up. But the reaction was completely different than I thought. Mm. And it comes back to that talking. Learn to talk and, and you'll start to get some deeper insight into that, uh, that part of your partner. Mm. By way of bringing things to a close, Kelly, I, I've um, just a thought, chicken and egg. I mean, in many respects, that's a cliche, you know, which comes first, the chicken and the egg. And I, let's put that into context. So you have a couple that are, you know, in a rut, in a routine, you know, might have been together for X amount of time. The relationships uh, become very predictable, very staid. So chicken and egg. So is it that... By doing this, you know, injecting this spark and bringing things to light, that that can influence that uh, bigger picture of their life? Or, you know, does, is this, ba which comes first, Kelly, this daily intimacy? Um, or does the relationship have to be in a kind of half decent place to start with before then we take it to the next level with this, um, with this stuff that we've been talking about? I mean, how does it work? 
I would say the starting point, and, and I'll refer back to Dr. Arbuck's study, the starting point to rekindling relationships comes back to fun. And she, in her study, talked about something about, um, I can't remember, it's called positive feeling transference or something. She has a big name for it. But basically, she recommends to couples, if you're in a rut and you're stagnant, go to an amusement park with your partner and go on a roller coaster together. And simply the fact that that roller coaster causes adrenaline to rush through, through your body you will transfer that positive feeling to the person you're with and think it comes from them. And that fun, that joy, those positive feelings can be the catalyst to improve both your emotional intimacy and your sexual intimacy. And on that emotional note, Kelly, it's been fascinating to get these deep dives. I say that all the time, but it, but it really is. Listeners, I just hope that you know there's something in there for you know that that resonates you know just one aspect kelly something else i think um those are my uh, sort of parting words remember the 10 minute rule incorporate that into your relationship and i am positive that you will see a dramatic shift in the level of intimacy you experience together in other words listeners you learn to kiss the sun and touch the moon And on that uh, emotional note, Kelly, um, I invite you in to just uh, share with us your your contact details, how listeners can reach out and uh, find you. Yes, if you'd like to get a free copy of all the uh, 10 disciplines of love, you can visit my website at kellybrandley.com. That's K-E-L-L-Y-B-R-A-N-D-L-I forward slash mastering the game of life. Superb, superb. And the good thing is um, we've still got another four to come. We've done six and there's four to come. So uh, where that will go next, listeners, who knows? Who knows when Kelly and I converse? We have, we've spoke about this off it. We haven't got a clue where it's going to go. And that's part of the fun, isn't it? So um, on this very heartfelt episode, all that remains now is for me to say, remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. If you found it interesting and helpful, drop a line to Paul via paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have. He'd love to hear from you and he'd be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at www.paul-low.com. Remember, Mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts.